Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to today's edition of Calvary Live. My name is Ed Taylor. I'm taking your calls and your questions this afternoon. <clears throat> so please do give me a call, 303-690-3000. I uh, hope you save that number in your phone. Uh, then you can just say, hey, call Calvary Live. Uh, in the, Hey, Siri, call Calvary Live. 303-690-3000. You can also text me. Uh, you can text me at 720-336-0897. 720-336-0897. That's a dedicated texting line. And I know many of you guys listening in with uh, Pastor Cody uh, co-hosting yesterday, there were a, a lot, there were a lot of, of texting and we didn't get to it. Uh, so just know that we use text messages to fill in the blanks when we don't have phone calls. So on a, there's a good chance that your text message will not make it on the air. Um, something else I've noticed about those that text is you'll text, but you're really not listening to the show. And so you're texting the question, but then when we answer it, you text it again the, ne the next day and the next day and the next day. And so, you know, be sure to be listening to the program uh, to hear the answer uh, because we may or may not have the time to respond to every single text, uh, both on the air and uh, just by responding to it. Okay, 303-690-3000. Uh, Grace FM is the host of Calvary Live, uh, originates right here at Calvary Church in Aurora, Colorado, and we are blessed to be able to provide uh, Grace FM uh, and Calvary Live to a large portion of the population of Colorado. Our stations cover about 80% of the population of Colorado up into Cheyenne, Wyoming. was talking to my friend Sean Sells today. Uh, he pastors at the Calvary Chapel in Cheyenne, Wyoming. And so if you guys are listening up there, it's a great church, uh, great pastor and leadership uh, up in Cheyenne, Wyoming. So Welcome to the program, all the way down into the northern part of Pueblo West. Um, yeah, not the strongest signal down in the springs, but we're working on it. So pray for us. Uh, we are even developing some new ways and easier ways where you can give financially to the station. Uh, so pray for us as we develop that. Uh, but in the meantime, if you want to support Grace FM or the station that you hear this on, uh, I would... Uh, for us, it's Grace FM. You're listening on Hope FM or Truth FM. Go to the website. So for us, it's gracefm.com, gracefm.com. Hit the donate button, and we would love for you to partner with us to keep Grace FM on the air to pay the bills, basically. Um, that's basically what we need. We need help paying the bills uh, with the radio station because we're, you know, sometimes you're listening to Grace FM and you think, well, you know, they're, they're a radio station. They're like any other professional business uh, radio station, but we're not. Uh, it, we are not, we're a church, a church that has um, 
a church that has radio stations. And, uh, and so all of it flows from within the church here. So thanks for your partnership. 303-690-3000. All right, so Jonathan's texting in. We haven't had any calls yet, so all the lines are open. Dear Pastor, what advice would you give to a young man just starting in the ministry? I'm almost done with my schooling and religious studies and will be answering God's call. I'd love to hear your advice uh, for answering that call. The call, And what he's referring to is the, the call of God. Um, and so, Jonathan, I think the number one thing um, that would make you a man prepared for the ministry is to be a man of the Word, uh, that you would know what God's Word says, and that you would dedicate a large portion of your life to learning the Bible. And, and I know that they've taught you that through your religious studies, and that's good, uh, but the, the, the most important tool on a practical level that's used in ministry is the Bible. And so be a man and a woman. Uh, in your case, it's a man, but those listening in, a woman of the Word. Secondly, and you know, I don't want to put them on a list like this is uh, most important, number one, number two. Um, but I'm going to list them off in numbers. But secondly, study and learn about the grace of God uh, because your ministry uh, is given to you by the grace of God. You're going to serve in the grace of God and and it will help you along the way uh, when things don't work out the way that you thought they would work out. You know, the Bible speaks of God's work in our lives to save us, God's work in our lives to sanctify us, and God's word in our lives, or God's grace in our lives to glorify us. And so to un- understand the unmerited, unearned favor of God, and the, um, thirdly, the learning to, to depend upon the Holy Spirit, and the power of the Holy Spirit. It's not by might, and it's not by my own power, but it's by God's Spirit, says the Lord. Zechariah chapter 4, verse 6. I, I edited that a little bit just to make it personal. Uh, but he was speaking to Zerubbabel, and he was reminding Zerubbabel that it wasn't going to be a strength. And so the Spirit, the Word, and grace are so vital. And you know, there's a lot to learn. And so as you're making mistakes and you fail, just understand that's part of the package. You and I are unable to serve God um, without error. None of us are infallible. And I've been doing this for 20, I've been a believer in Jesus for 27 years. I've been serving in a pastoral capacity 23 of those years. And, and I still make mistakes. And I still say the wrong thing or do the wrong thing. Um, I had a brother that I've been dialoguing in our church back and forth on a particular doctrine, a second secondary doctrine. And the question that he asked at the end of his email is, is, is it possible, Ed, that you could be mistaken on this doctrine? And the answer is, yes, of course it's possible that I could be mistaken. Uh, I am convinced biblically, but I, if yes, it's possible for us to be mistaken. And so I'm going to text you back and you can email me and I'll send you some resources that will equip you. But the reality is um, that that you're embarking on something very, very important. And you're serving not people, but the most high, high and holy God. And you're responding to a good call. You're entering into a good fight. You're going to meet with great opposition like Paul, no doubt, you're going to suffer many things for the gospel. 
And even when you are suffering, the Bible would say, but you haven't died yet, and you haven't suffered the bloodshed serving Jesus. And it it will be hard. Like Jeremiah, you'll have to learn not to be afraid of the faces of the people. Uh, like many before you and after you, you're going to have to learn not to fear man, uh, but to fear God. Um, you're going to have to learn forgiveness, uh, how to keep a thick skin, but a soft heart. Uh, and and so God, God bless you, and, and may he encourage you as you embark uh, on this journey, because it's a good journey, uh, even though it is a very difficult one, even become, well, especially because we are human. 303-690-3000 is the number. That was enough to fill the lines. Uh, so Kathy's calling from Aurora, Colorado. Kathy, welcome to the program. Hi there. Hi. Uh, I have I have four blessed scriptures that I might share. Oh, great. Okay. Uh, I love where uh, Jesus told John, uh, "Blessed are they who have not seen, but yet have believed." Mm. And. Come out from among them. This is reference to clubs. Come out from among them and be ye separate, says the Lord. Mm -hmm. All right. Faith, Paul says, is a spiritual warfare from the get go. One of the things you do, accepting his love forgiveness, but you are. And you know, it's sad. There are a lot of people that are Christian, new Christian, but they do not realize now they're in the spiritual warfare. Yes. Okay. Uh, The Lord chastens those he loves. Yeah. Thank you very much for adding that to the conversation. That's it. Thank you. Those are great scriptures. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right. Bye-bye. If you guys are tuning in today and you weren't tuning in yesterday, uh, we had a discussion about clubs and rave parties. And uh, and, and so Kathy's input, and I appreciate that, was, uh, was scriptures leaning toward holiness and righteousness as we were learning about yesterday how the grace of God teaches us to deny ungodliness. So certainly appreciate the input, Kathy. Thanks for listening. 303-690-3000. Pam from Pennsylvania. Pam, welcome to the program. Hey, Pam, you're on the air. Uh, I think we lost Pam, but uh, looking at the call screen, Pam asks the question, how do you build faith? Uh, how do you trust more? Which I think is a great question to ask. You know, faith has been compared to a muscle, you know, um, and the, the, way that, the way that we uh, exercise our muscles, the way that we keep them loose and maybe even build them is to exercise, is to move. Otherwise, if we don't move for a long period of time, we start to shrivel up. We, uh, there's a word for it. I think it's um, atrophy. 
uh, and we start to shrivel up. And so we want to exercise. And I believe that the way that we build our faith is that we exercise our faith. The way that we trust more is that we step out in faith. And then I'm reminded in Romans, it says that faith comes by hearing, and it refer, that refers to saving faith, of course. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. And so the interpretation of that passage in Romans is that the way that a person is saved is by declaring the gospel through the Word of God. I also believe that that's a scripture that is by application reminding us that faith is built up by God's Word. So that every time we read God's word, an automatic byproduct is faith. I was speaking to a young woman last night who has yet to surrender her life to Jesus Christ, and we talked about this this concept known as faith, and we we talked about it uh, from a perspective where um, we talked about it from a perspective where uh, an unbeliever, like, what is faith? That was the simple question: What is faith? And you know, faith is trust. And trust is proven through action. And so we talked about her sitting on a chair. I said, do you, did you think about the, trusting that chair? No. Well, do you trust that chair? Yes. Uh, what does that mean? And she began to talk about it. And I said, the, the kind of faith that you demonstrated in that chair, where you believed it was built right, you had evidence that it worked before because you just sat in another one. And so you believe that chair could hold you up. And the way that we know you believed it is because you sat down in it. And so I say... Um, reading the word of God, praying, living out your faith. Acts chapter 2 verse 42 is also very powerful to build our faith and trust where it says that they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine, in fellowship, in the breaking of bread and in prayer and, and being together with other believers, going to church, reading your Bible, praying, remembering God's sacrifice and communion. They all build your faith. They're listening to Christian radio in Pennsylvania, uh, you're listening on Hope FM, and it just builds your faith when you hear God's Word taught. And um, so I hope that helps if you're still listening. 303-690-3000 is the number. Move on to line number three is James calling from Aurora, Colorado. James, welcome to the program. Hi, good, after, uh, good afternoon, Pastor Ed. How, how's your day going so far? <laughs> My day's going great. Awesome. That's awesome to hear. I hope it's uh, not too cold for you. Uh, I just had a quick question for you. Okay. Uh, my question is kind of personal, I guess. I just wanted to okay. see uh, what question would you ask God in the afterlife? Uh, what would yeah? What would your what would be like the number one thing you'd want to know personally? Yeah. So let's talk about that for a second because there's a couple of. Let's talk about it, first of all, through the way that many of us come to a question like this. You know, usually when tragedy strikes in our lives, we're, we're like, you know, I want, I want to ask God why he let this happen. Or I, I want to know why he allowed this into my life. Or why he, you know, the, 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 it usually is a series of why questions. And, yeah. And I have a series of personal why questions that, that I would ask. And before I share any of them with you... I want to take you to the Bible and let you know that it that heaven's not going to be like that. I'm, I'm sure you already know that, but the Bible says that when we're in the presence of Jesus Christ, we are going to know, we're going to have the knowledge of, we're going to know, we're going to have the, the sum of knowledge even as we are known. And what I believe that means is, is that the summary of all of our questions will automatically be answered 
in the presence of Jesus Christ. It will all make sense. Everything, oh, all the wondering, all the concerns of our life will all make sense. But that's not how we live now. Like we live right. now by by understanding God through His Word and understanding theology. Um, but you know, I would say, um, okay, that's the big, interesting. So on this side of heaven, you know, on a personal level, since you're asking, I I would um, how I would ask I would I would want to know why God. Um, why my son died so young. I would want to know that. Oh, wow. You know, he, he was 26, and, and, and I would have a secondary question, and why would he allow um, all this separation between my family and my grandson? And those are two big why questions in my life that are still yet unanswered um, on a right. personal level. But well, I, I, I just I really appreciate you sharing that with me. That's uh, it's not something easy to do. Well, you know, it's um, I, I, the longer we get away. I just did an hour interview yesterday with a radio station in Idaho, and you know the, the the Bible the Bible does teach that God comforts us, and and I think over time we experience the comfort of God even more. Um, but you know, I have some answers to those questions already. You know, I have some Bible answers to those questions that. While the loss of my son was a surprise and a pain to us, uh, it wasn't a surprise to God. Uh, and the day, you know, our days are fashioned; they're numbered. God already knows how long we're going. You are going to be on the earth. How long I'm going to be on the earth? Um, but because death is such a stinking enemy, um, we we don't like it, um, and neither should we. <laughs> um, but do you? So so now that you you've asked me. Is there a question that that you have lingering in your life that you would ask God? Oh man, uh, I, you know I, you know I have a, uh, I, you know I have a lot of uh, questions that just you know just like you. Um, I mean, you're braver than me. Uh, <laughs> that, you know, <laughs> you don't have to share. It's okay. Uh, I won't make you do yeah, it. Yeah, you know, you I know? appreciate that. Yeah, I just you know I just yeah I just I, mean, I you know I like I like I like the way you said uh, that everything will be known. Um, and, you know I kind of, I believe that. Um, yeah, I, be, you know, I believe that because um, I, I believe he does everything for a reason. So I just yeah I was just interested if if we would still have that um, you know that uh, that that wanting to know or if, yeah, if it would, if it would be just, you know, answered, like you said, you know, you're around Jesus and everything just comes a, in just perspective. Yeah. You know, I think we get a taste of it too, James, when, you know, when maybe uh, you're listening to, you're in church and a song really ministers to your heart and you just have this sense of peace and you're like, you're, you're caught up in the emotion and you're caught up in the, the lyrics and you're, you're caught up in your worship of God and, and, you're not bringing up any questions. You're in a place of thanksgiving. Like we get little tastes of what it's going to be like when we're out of these human bodies that, you know, we, we demand justice. Uh, we want everything to be done right according to our way. Uh, we, we want all the pieces to fit. Um, we're, depending on how logical and rational our mind is, um, you know, the more rational, logical type of mind is really desperate and demanding for things to be right um, but but we know we know that that forever in a day on the earth it will not be right. Um, this earth is jacked up by sin, and and it's never going to be right until Jesus Christ returns and makes it right. 
and you know that's what the book of revelation unfolds the uh, you know ezekiel talks about the end times but there there is a there there is a an answer that's available to us when we're in the presence of god where we're we're going it's i don't know how it's all going to go down but it's almost like oh that's it's almost like we're going to have that revelation that's what you were doing that's why <laughs> yes yeah you know i've always kind of felt like that too that's you know that's amazing. I uh, you know I really appreciate you, Pastor Ed. I, I appreciate you taking time out to answer my question and and yeah, they, I they, you know that takes a, a, a little weight off my shoulders. I actually, take a lot of weight. So, oh great, yeah, that's I really a great question. That. Very common one. It's good. Well, thank you, Pastor. Yeah. Well, I, I hope you stay warm, man. Don't don't freeze today. <laughs> and, and, and all the listeners, um, stay inside. Have have a warm day. <laughs> Thanks, James. See you, bro. Thanks, guys. Bye bye. Three zero three six nine zero three thousand. We're going to go to line one. Is Richard in Lakewood, Colorado? Hey, Richard, you're welcome to the program. How you doing, sir? I'm doing great, man. What's up? Uh, I just had a question on my mind. Uh, I met some young guy at work, and he wants me to go to his Bible study. It's over okay. there by Calvary Balmar, and uh, I was just going to ask him. Uh, if he wanted a, a nice picture of Jesus, and then he, he started telling me that we don't really know what Jesus looks like, and because and right. I kind of collect him, and I just kind of want to know if it's good to collect him. Well, he's right. But, we don't know what Jesus looks like. I have some of like. Rampart and some of some from um, um, Solomon. Yeah. From the forties. Sure. You know, he. I have. To, I don't know anything about your friend. I don't know anything, or your coworker, or his Bible study. But when he, okay. when he says that we don't know what Jesus looked like, he's right. Yeah. Um, and many of many of the depictions of Jesus during the time of the Renaissance actually makes him look very European. But you know, Jesus was a Middle Eastern Jewish man, and yeah. and so he would have Middle Eastern Jewish features. Uh, but but since we don't have a picture of him, many people have taken to heart to to like art is. Many people have taken the the opportunity to paint a picture depicting what they thought Jesus looks like, and and uh, yeah. as long as we don't hold that up as the and say this is what he looked like, I mean it's it's perfectly okay uh, to have pictures of Jesus. Oh, so it's okay to have him hanging on my wall, though. Really I think so. You, I mean, you're not worshiping him, right? No, I just have them on and the you're wall. you're not talking to them like they're Jesus? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, pictures are pictures, and art is to be admired. And, you know, a picture of somebody's depiction of what they believe Jesus looked like uh, uh-huh. can be a great reminder of a, of his uh, omnipresence, you know, his yeah. presence like with us Like this one always. I have, he's holding up a sheep with a strap in his hand, and the other bunch yes. of sheep's in the back, and it has a little black sheep right behind yes. him. Yeah, there's, you know, I, let me, I, I can, I, I'll speak from personal experience. For many, many years, um, I really didn't like, and I'm just saying personally, so I'm not making a Bible uh-huh. point here, but I really didn't like pictures of Jesus. I really uh-huh. didn't like statues. I, I didn't want them. Um, I, I didn't have, like, I, I, I wasn't, like, antagonistic toward them. I just didn't like them. But there was this picture, and so after my son died, <clears throat> and just going through all kinds of drama and difficulty and depression and everything. Mm-hmm. I don't remember. It, it could have been my assistant, Cassandra. Um, I don't remember how I came across this picture, but it's a picture where it looks like you're under, like it's a picture depicting Peter and uh-huh. uh, as he's sinking under the water. 
and and Jesus is depicted in the water putting his hand down to pick Peter up. And that picture so ministered to my heart. It's so reminding me that and all the times that I'm sinking and that my faith is lapsing, that I have a Savior that, that reaches down to rescue me just like he did Peter, that picture hangs on my wall in the office. Oh, okay. And so I've changed my mind over the years. I mean, I don't, my whole office isn't filled with pictures like that, but man, I've changed my mind, and uh, I, I, I can accept that picture in my life to remind me of, of the... And I have another picture in my office, just it's not of Jesus' face, but it's a depiction uh-huh. of his feet. Um, oh, okay. When we go to Israel, we stop in a place called Magdala, and in, in the Catholic Church there, somebody painted a mural of the scene uh-huh. where Jesus was being, uh, someone was, the woman was coming to touch the hem of his garment, uh-huh. and it has a depiction of his feet. And I don't think his feet look like that either, but it is an incredible picture. If you e- if you email me, I'll, I'll take a picture of it on my wall and I'll send it back to you. You should see this nice one I have. It's a, it has the it's the Gospel of John. Yes. And, and it, it's written, the whole book of John is written into the picture. And you see the picture, but if you look real close, the whole Gospel is written in it and it shows a picture of Jesus. Ooh, that's pretty cool. I wish I could take a picture and send it to you if you give me a, do you, do you have a, phone? a number. I can, yeah. Okay, send it, send it to my email. Okay. It's your it's number. Pastor, so my email is Pastor Ed. Okay. At CalvaryAurora.org. Pastor Ed, CalvaryAurora.org? Yes. Okay. I'll send it to you. Okay, good. I look forward to it. And then I'll respond to you. I'm not, I'm, I'm not in my, uh, I'm not. I'm I'm in a studio right now. But when I get to the okay, office, when you I'll get time, picture. just respond to me. I want to send it to you to show you how nice it okay. is. Do I want to donate it to someone, but I don't know where to donate it to. Well, we should just pray that God will bring somebody into your life that you could give it to him. Okay. Thank you. Ed. You want to pray nice like, talking to you? Uh, great talking to you. Want me to pray about that right now? Father, I just pray for my brother as he has a picture that he wants to give as a gift, wants to donate it. And God, I'm, I'm thankful too that, um, um, I'm thankful that we don't have a picture of you, um, but that we're going to see you for the very first time face to face. And I pray for my brother, Lord, who has um, taken to heart um, various depictions of you to be reminded of your love for him and your goodness so bless him lord reveal to him who you want him to give that stuff to in jesus name amen all right somebody was on the air driving kathy uh, she's not on the air with us but since we're coming to the end of the first half i'll take this um kathy in Wheat Ridge, Colorado. She has a praise report she wanted to share with us all. She called last week about her daughter and grandkids in Washington and the protective order against an abusive ex, and the judge granted it, so everybody is safe. And now we pray for God to reconcile and to bring uh, to pass the um, opportunity for reconciliation, restoration, protection, Lord grateful for that. Thanks for calling, Kathy. We got it on the air. 
Um, uh, we are, I got a quick text here to find uh, that scripture uh, in that we will know even as we are known. And I want to say it is in Corinthians. I'll have to look it up, but let's see if I can find it real quick. I want to say it's in 1 Corinthians, um, but I'll have to look it up during the break and I'll make sure to share it. Um, that we will know even as we are known when that which is perfect is come. It is Corinthians. So I may just have the wrong words to check. So I'll check it during the break and I'll share it uh, in 1 Corinthians. Um, uh, it says right here, I found it before the break. How fast was that? 1 Corinthians chapter 13, um, verse 10. But when that which is perfect is come, then that which is part will be done away. When I was a child, I spoke as a child, understood as a child. Ah. I'll, get, I'll read it after the break. We'll be right back. This is Ed Taylor, Calvary Life. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. today. This is Calvary Live. My name is Ed Taylor. I'm the pastor here at Calvary Church in Aurora, Colorado, and uh, this is where Grace FM uh, is uh, a ministry of, so it is a radio ministry of the church here, and we also produce Calvary Live, this program you're listening to right now, and it airs on a couple of stations, actually a couple of networks on many stations, Hope FM Network, you guys on the East Coast, hello, hello. And you guys on Truth FM, um, give us a call, 303-690-3000. 303-690-3000 is the number. Real quick, uh, somebody asked for me to share the scriptures uh, about knowing as we're known. And let me read to you now that I'm not um, trying to beat the clock. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, in verse 8, says, Love never fails. But whether there are prophecies, they'll fail. Whether there are tongues, they'll cease. Whether there's knowledge, it'll vanish away. For we all know in part, and we prophesy in part. But when that which is perfect has come, then that which is in part will be done away. When I was a child, I spoke as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. For now we see in a mirror dimly but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then I shall know just as I also am known. And now abide faith, hope, and love, these three, but the greatest of these is love. Uh, The New Living Translation translates that, now we see things imperfectly as in a poor mirror, but then we shall see everything with perfect clarity. All that I know is partial and incomplete. But then I'll know everything completely, just as God knows me now. 1 Corinthians 13, verses 8 through 13. That's where we get that. And and there's many other verses that speak to that, uh, but that one's the best. 303-690-3000-720-336-0897. Before I do get back to the phone lines, I want to pray for one of the texts that came through, uh, one of the people doesn't say who it is, but it says, I'm about to quit my job because my manager is very verbally and emotionally abusive. She is downright evil. 
She also practices witchcraft. Um, I worked for a woman like that uh, years ago, and I'm so tired of being treated this way. I'm crying not now, right now. It got so bad today. Well, I want you to know that God is with you even in the pain and even in the difficulty, and that by faith in Jesus Christ, his, he will empower you to endure this season of hurt, and I'm sorry that you're hurting. Um, I remember I, I worked with a very mean woman. Um, very, I've had many mean bosses, but one in particular, and, and I also worked not only with that gal, but I also worked with a gal that was practicing witchcraft next to me in the same little, we, we shared a little office. And she actually made a um, voodoo doll of me. She was so mad at me. I don't. I was a believer then. Uh, I wasn't. A, I, I know what happened when we were unbelievers. We were dishonest at work, and and we had a little scheme that we did together. She and I about clocking in and extra money and stuff. And then when I got saved, I told her number one, I couldn't do it anymore, and number two, I said I have to tell the boss because I need to pay back everything that I took. And she flipped out. She says, you're going to get us fired. And what kind of bleepity, bleepity, bleep person are you believing in God? You know how it goes. And, and I worked for a family who was very kind to me uh, and very gracious to me, even when I wasn't saved. And, um, and so I did. I went in and I confessed to my boss, knowing full well that they could, they could fire me. And I deserved it. Uh, and and I not only did I offer to pay back, but I apologized and I said I'm sorry. Um, and you know they counseled me. They I think they wrote me up. But you know what they didn't do? They didn't fire me, uh, and they didn't make me pay it back. They showed grace. Um, and I I don't know how much it was. And and I think partly the um, they, the my manager the director. Uh, didn't make me pay it back because he didn't want to go back and find out how many times I did it. But this gal flipped out. She didn't get fired either. They were gracious to her too. Um, so, you know, God is blessing, you know, reigns on the just and the unjust. She didn't get in trouble either, except that we were found out for the liars that we were, you know. And, but I'm a new creation in Christ, so I'm going to be honest about things. And so she made this voodoo doll. And I'm only sharing this so maybe I can give you a little bit of a chuckle in your crying right now. Uh, because laughter is good for the soul. She came in and she said, oh, Ed, I'm going to hurt you. I'm going to destroy you, all my evil powers, whatever she said. I don't, If I knew I would use it as an illustration, I would have paid attention. Uh, but she brought it out, and I said, oh, what's that? She goes, that's you. And I said, really? She says, yeah, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put pins in you and whatever. And I said, well, why don't you do it right now? And, uh, you know, I don't care. I don't believe in that stuff. So why don't you do it right now? And she goes, okay, I will. And so she got a pen out of her purse, some kind of voodoo pen, I guess. And she stuck it in the stomach part of the doll. And and the timing was amazing because I also, like, held my stomach, uh, you know, and said, oh, wow. And she's like, well, you know, you should have seen the look on her face. It was only a brief look. But she's like, oh, man, maybe this stuff does work. And I go, that's nonsense. That stuff doesn't work. Get back to work, you know. And, uh, and so we all have these difficult times. And, and I'm sorry you're going through a difficult time. And I just pray for this person uh, who's working for a very difficult manager, God, who's being abusive. And I know one day she'll look back and see your faithfulness and see, Lord, your, um, your love and mercy during this time. But it's hard right now. And so I pray you'd establish her and strengthen her and um, that you would be with her, Lord, in Jesus' name. 
Amen. Amen. 303-690-3000. We're going to go right back to Karen. Karen's been waiting in Thornton, Colorado. Karen, welcome to the program. Hi, Pastor Ed. Thank you very much for taking my call. You're welcome. Um, I'm nervous, so if I sound like a babbling idiot... (laughs) (laughs) You'll be fine. (laughs) Um, Pastor, I have a question. My heart is just troubled because, um, you know, I was reading in um, Romans 1 about how... um, God gave over. You know, people continued to sin and sin, and so finally He just gave them over. And where my where I'm troubled now is because the very last verse, and I'm driving, so I apologize, I don't have my Bible with me, but I know it was the okay. last verse in Romans one, in Romans one, and it says not something. I'm paraphrasing, but something. Not only do they continue to do these things, but they also approve of those who do it. Yes. And where my conviction and my heart is that, that this is hurting is because I have um, family members that are living. I'm sorry, I don't mean to cry. That's it okay. breaks my heart for them. They're younger. They're the you know in their twenties, and they're living with their significant others, and um, they know that, and they're believers. This is just it. I know that there's two sets of, of, of my niece and nephew that are doing it. And they say they're believers, but my heart, I feel, am I acting as if I'm approving of what they're doing by not condemning them? Not, obviously, we're not condemned. There's no more condemnation. Sure. But the, if we don't say anything, is it as if we're approving of what they're doing? And if you do, if we say something, I'm afraid that I would push them away even more, because obviously we have a strong family of believers. They do feel judged by the other believers in the family. So I'm just kind of at a conundrum there. (laughs) Well, let's talk about that for a second, because I... I would I I do believe that it's necessary for us to live in truth. And 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 that's the the atmosphere by which we have relationship with other people, a truthfulness. And and so I I think that in answer to your question, is it necessary or needed for you to speak truth to your nieces and uh, to your nieces? The answer is yes. Yeah, of course. We we don't want to lie to them. And we don't want to pretend that what they're doing isn't in sin. And so in some way, in our relationship with them, in, in the right opportunity, in the right timing, uh, in the right conversation, um, you know, I think we, we need to tell the truth. We can't do anything but tell the truth. Uh, and so the answer is yes, number one. But then we need to talk about, well, how often do we need to do that? Um, because they know. So my first question is, have you ever had the conversation about what they're doing? Have you ever talked with them? No, but the only okay. reason I know they know how I feel about it is because when they come to town to visit, they don't even ask to stay with me. Now, before um, they were living together, my niece yes. always stayed with me, and it was just a given. But this time, so I appreciate that she respects where my yes. view is, because she didn't put me in an awkward position to have to say, no, honey, no, you can't. But um, so I have not done that. And, it actually and I appreciate that they know. I appreciate them uh, showing respect to you and your mm-hmm. beliefs, and I, I think that that's really good. I mean, it's not good the life that they're in, but um, it, the behavior that they're choosing. And, and and so how many times do we need to repeat it? I really don't think we need to repeat it very often because they know that they know. Um, 
And I don't think it's going to gain me anything if I keep repeating that I don't approve of your sin. I don't approve of your sin. I think you're a rotten sinner. You know, all of those. That's, it's, we have an agreement. We, we have a mutual agreement. You know what the Bible says, and you know what I believe, and you know that I love you. And, and I always love you, no matter what your behavior is. And that, that one of the things that trips us up as believers is we sometimes believe that we need to take the place of the Holy Spirit in someone's life to convict them. And we don't. Uh, neither can we. You know, not only we, sh- we don't take that place, but we can't. And so the, the idea of telling them the truth, yes. The idea of communicating that to them, yes. So what about this fellowship word? How do we relate to them? Now, I have to say, with someone that's in rank sin, we cannot share in fellowship with them. And I don't mean just practically, I mean spiritually. Uh, the Bible says, how can two walk together unless they're agreed? Uh, how, how is it that we can share fellowship with, with someone that's rejecting the very God that we worship? And so in the spiritual sense of worship uh, and, and fellowship, we're not going to be able to do that. And, and the Bible even says to stay away from the unfruitful works of darkness. Uh, and so you have drawn that line for your house. You said, my conviction and my biblical conviction is you can't stay with me, however that's communicated. Uh-huh. With all that being said, you can relate to them as their nieces. You can eat with them when they're as as your nieces as human beings to stay available to them to be well, able let to me express ask, your yeah, love to real them. Quick, because then go to First Corinthians five, sure, yes. and it talks there about when you've confronted a brother in with their sin and they refuse, then don't even eat with them. Now, now remember that that that's the end. That's the end. And you're going to have to determine when the end is that no longer with a clean conscience can can you even eat with them. Uh, but because you don't have a strong relationship with them right now, you just don't know what kind of influence you could have in their lives. You just don't know uh, what God wants to do through your life. Um, you're right. There are some people that are so hardened and so rebellious and so resistant to godly authority. I mean, remember that Paul's writing to the church. And, and he's, the point that he's making is, is that don't pretend they're not in sin. Don't, don't pretend that, that, because I think you would, if, if you and I were pretending someone wasn't in sin, then yeah, we would be approving of their behavior. We would, like, we would be participating in it in some way. But I, what's, lost in, what's lost so often among us is the heart and the example of Jesus Christ. Yeah. Because he ate with sinners. Uh-huh. He ate with religious leaders that were in rank rebellion against God without sin. So we know it's possible. Yes. Uh, we know it's, it's possible. And, and so because I know, I do know the end. And unfortunately, I've had to make that decision a few occasions in my life. Very few, though, without, like, without, uh, you know, going against my biblical conviction or my conscience. So I know yeah. that exists. But I wonder if I'll ever get there as I try to love people and serve them and minister to them and help them and be available to them um, without sinning. And that's that fine line, Pastor Ed, is, you know, it's, I'm sure these, as a pastor, still struggle with that because you don't want them to go, we're not the judge, only the host. Like you said, they, they the host don't need to be the host. You don't want them to feel that you're judging them, just their action, and yet how do you show love and say, 
but this is wrong. And, you know, <laughs> does that make well, sense? I would, That's why I'm like I'm babbling on. But. Well, let me see. No, no, you know, not at all. It's a good follow-up. Let, let me speak to that because I want to be careful. I, I don't want to, I'm not, I, I want to be careful not to make my decisions not to judge. Because they're going to interpret any strong stance I take as judging. There's just nothing I can do to avoid that. And so I don't want to start with that premise because then I'll be controlled by them and their emotions. What I want to do is how can I honor Jesus Christ in this relationship? How can I deliver a hard message? I Again, I was speaking to a young woman uh, recently, uh, uh, someone that's unsaved and involved in all kinds of crazy stuff. And and I was able to share, I believe, she didn't stomp out or get mad at me. I don't know that she exactly liked what I said, but she, at least she listened to me. But I told her the truth about her behavior. I told her the truth about what God thinks about it. But at the same time, I also tempered that with the love that God has for her. And and she asked this question. She said, I just don't, I, I just don't believe that God would condemn homosexuals and bisexuals and all that, all those LBG, XYZ um, behaviors that are in the world today. And, and, she, and, and here's the issue with her. It's not a political issue for her. It's not a protesting issue for her. She has genuine, loving friendships with other human beings that are living that life. And so when she's processing who God says he is and the behaviors that he dictates to us, she's processing right now, will I believe in God and forsake my friends? How could I ever forsake my friends? And I was giving her a very similar conversation that you and I are having. I said, you don't have to forsake your friends. That would be the worst thing to do. They, As a believer in Jesus Christ, they'll need you even more. Right. Um, and you may have to stop doing things with them. You may have to stop going places with them but you don't have to stop being their friends. And and so that line is different for a lot of people, but what happens is we're just we 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 are 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 wanting to be super careful and and I think that's good because I don't want to be not careful, but I do want to capture and I think I've grown in this over the years. I can do much better, but I I think I've grown in this. I want to capture the heart of Jesus. He he poses at times for me, my Savior, your Savior, Jesus Christ, he puts me in a dilemma. And he doesn't do it on purpose. But I'll read through and he says, you know, it says that he's at a party with a with a bunch of people that are, are raging drunks. And I think, would I be at a party with raging drunks? And, you know, and I've already settled this years ago, but the first time and, you know, because I was a raging drunk before I got saved. And so I'm going to let you ask, answer that question. Well, um, and you can just answer it for me, right or wrong. It's okay. Do you think Pastor Ed could be at a place with raging drunks? No. No. Well, the answer is yes, I could. I could definitely go to a wedding that I was invited to and be, because my, most of my family is not saved. And so when I go to a, a family wedding, it's filled with crazy drunks. But I love oh. them, and I can speak past the drunkenness. No, no, I'm sorry. And, I, I don't want you to think it's because you couldn't, because you felt like you were better. I was thinking it's more of uh, as a weakness. For, you know, like you would not Right, no, no, I don't have a problem. Yeah. Nope, I have no problem with that at all. That's not an issue for me, and neither would I, you know, I would always consider it like not to stumble anyone. But in that case, I would probably stumble my unsafe family uh, by 
pontificating that you guys are all going to get drunk. And and I look at Jesus, and man, he just went where he was invited. <laughs> was... Right there, yes, where he was invited. And that's my question, because, you know, as you probably know, if people don't want to hear it, it doesn't matter what you say. It's You know when they hear it and they want it is when they're hurting and they come, then they are open yes. to receiving sure. what you have to say. But if you just go and say, and I was thinking about that, Jesus' life, I... And please tell me, other than the the woman at the well, but he didn't really, he went to her, but he wasn't going to her to tell her about her life. He was there, and she was asking questions. But I don't ever recall that Jesus actually went and started telling people they were in their sin. He waited for the sinners to come to him, and then they were ready to hear what he had to say and looking. Am I mistaken on that? Yeah, I think you are a little mistaken, although I don't okay. think you're completely mistaken. I mean, remember Zacchaeus uh, was a rank sinner up in a tree, and Jesus invited himself over to his house. Um, I think on a even on a broader scale, you know, even on a broader scale, um, God invites himself right into the sinner's life by sending his son Jesus Christ to the earth to invade sinful humanity. And And so I think what we're talking about, though, is where will we personally draw the line? Because I, we all do it, we all draw lines, and the difference is, is where do we draw them? And I think, I think if we cultivate a heart that's led by the Holy Spirit, captured by the grace of God, motivated by love, that, that we'll be able to make those decisions when they come up. And so it would be very, very hard for you to be you know, at, a, um, at a luncheon with your nieces in the lifestyle that they're living, um, but I bet you could do it without, without having Christian fellowship but you're their relative, and you're a believer in Jesus Christ. And if it doesn't cause you and your own conscience to sin, it would be great to buy them a burrito and talk about life and tell them how great it is that you're worshiping God. I mean, it, what happens with these kind of things, too, is that we only see our we only see these folks for their sin. And so we're all uncomfortable about their sin, but they have a bigger life, the different points of contact to be able to build bridges in their life. Remember what Paul said? This is another... Um, this is another um, another great passage um, Paul had to clarify in Corinthians about um, not having fellowship with other believers uh, or unbelieving, immoral believers. He said, I wrote to you, and this is 1 Corinthians 5.9. He said, I wrote to you in my letter not to keep company with sexually immoral people. And a lot of people stop right there. Yeah. But he said this. He said, yet certainly I did not mean the sexually immoral people of this world or with the covetous or extortioners, idolaters, since then you would need to go out of the world. Mm -hmm. And and so when it comes to believers, or even maybe your nieces aren't saved at all, maybe they're just professing believers, and their behavior right now is revealing to them that they really don't have a relationship with God at all, then they would be in this category, since we don't know the hearts of men and women. And so anything I'm sharing with you is just to see if the Holy Spirit would broaden you without compromise. But, you know, as believers, you know, I had somebody email me recently. You might even be listening. So if if you're listening, you can always email me back. But uh, this person was very upset about the elections and... And and I don't understand why pastors aren't standing up for this, and I don't understand. And then and then in the email it said, and and all those stupid Christians that did su- such and such, and and I didn't engage in in any dialogue with this person because it, I just didn't sense the spirit wanted me to. But 
anyone that would look at other Christians and call them stupid really has to come back to a place of surrender before Jesus Christ. Because yeah. although we might make bad decisions, we, we, when we start categorizing people like that, we automatically separate ourselves from them. And that's the way the enemy works, not God. That's right. I agree. That is that is very powerful. When you know, if you mentioned one thing, if I could just add, when you were talking in that same chapter of Romans 1, um, you know, you had mentioned that this gal that you talked to, that she was so thinking that God would not condemn, you know, a gay, lesbian, all this. And I'm so sorry that people are just focused on that um, so much, because if you read that whole chapter, Paul already first, he hammers the heterosexual sexual immoral. <laughs> but but everyone's focusing, they're forgetting about the the heterosexual people that are in sexual immorality and yeah. and the focus and it's kind of like, you know, it, don't focus on that. It's sex sin is sex sin regardless. But I mean I get That's it. Right. I mean homosexuality is against not only against God, but it's against nature, natural things. But um, I just think is a, a thing for people. They're focusing so much on that, and it's it's a sexual perversion, and that's all it is. And and God will judge that. And I just I don't know. I just won't want people to be encouraged that no, there's heterosexuals that are just as immoral. Right. <laughs> so. And and you know the the thing about the thing about homosexuality is it's a very visible sin. And yeah. there's but most sins aren't so visible, but they're all equally nailed Jesus to the cross. And I I know that we all it doesn't matter what the popular Again, the popular political sin of the world and the church is um, we we tend to deal with the sin instead of the person. And mm-hmm. I'm not dismissing. So you guys listening in and might want to email me. I'm in no way dismissing the admonitions in the Bible to 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 not have fellowship um, with the unfruitful works of darkness and people that are named or brother that Paul later says in First Corinthians five. I'm just saying that. Uh, and what I'm adding to the conversation is that. Maybe we're drawing our lines too tight, uh, and what would be termed, you know, I was I was very tight in the early days of my Christian walk, and and I hurt people that way. Um, I just want to I want to go toward the Lord. I don't want to go toward what I think the Lord wants me to do. I just want to be led by the Spirit. Yes, praise the Lord, and that that's the hard part because you're right. I think we can be just hammered down on that and forget the love, and that's just. Yeah. I thank you so much for taking your time, all that time, to talk to you, because that's just been troubling me with this, you know, living together, obviously, but I just didn't know to say or not to say, and so I I thank you for that, and I will be praying that the Holy Spirit just takes over and lets me get out of the way. (laughs) Well, here, somebody just texted us while I was talking, it says, Ed, when I was living in the homosexual lifestyle, I had people that confronted me in love, and I didn't accept it. But when God got a hold of me, I knew that they loved me. Oh, praise the Lord. Oh, thank you for texting that. Because you're right, they should say something. We should, because we never know at that one point when it's love, when they receive you just it don't as know. the love. Mm-hmm. And I was involved in all kinds of junk in my life. It wasn't this sin, but plenty more. And my friend came to my house, sat in my house, drank our tea or whatever we offered. I'd be like, like I... We are, as Christians, we've got this isolationism in our in our minds for some reason, and and I don't believe God has called us to isolation. He's called us to infiltrate this world, to be salt and light, and right. I and and so I know that we all draw our lines differently, 
and I respect another person where they draw their lines. Um, but I just know over the years, my lines have changed, and I'm grateful for that. Yeah, that's age, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> it is. Are you calling me old? Is that what I'm with you? I know. I'm right there with you. We're in the same age group. So. <laughs> but Fantastic. Well, thanks for your call. All right. Have a blessed evening. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. We're coming to the end of today's program. Great conversation. Uh, I know that some some of you may have some input on this, but we're out of time, so I'm sorry about that. But I I hope that God would stir us to infiltrate. I hope that God would stir us to to learn the nuance of conversation, uh, to value. I know I'm trying to learn that more and more um, without approving of sin. Um, but you know, I'm a pastor, so already I've got two strikes against me. As soon as someone finds out I'm a pastor, it's, it's a very difficult, so I've got some added challenges, but I'm up for the challenge and I'm up for learning how to communicate better. And I'm up for learning how to, to abide in the spirit, how to rely upon the grace of God, how to answer lovingly, how to disagree agreeably, how to explain things in a way hopefully that they can be received because I know in the first year or two of my Christian walk, I felt like I had to argue with everyone and I took it to task. I was an arguer. You know, one of the careers I was hopeful to be a part of was uh, to be a lawyer and well, man, I lived it out, but I'm not so interested in arguing anymore. I want to be a vessel of love. So pray for me. I'll pray for you. Thanks for allowing me to be a small part of the big work God's doing in your life. been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's Word.